Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just following up briefly on what we were talking about last hour, Rivian Electric Car Company, which is worth now, because it just debuted this week. I know you've never heard of it. They've sold a hundred-some vehicles ever. They're worth more, significantly more, than General Motors at this point. That's just nuts. Because of, one, the enthusiasm of the green crowd, and two, I think smart people who are betting on the fact that their government is going to intervene so much in uh, the world of automobiles and outlaw combustion engines at some point and push do so many things tax-wise and road-wise and all kinds of different ways to force people into electric vehicles that it, that that it's a good bet on the future but how how do you how do you handle how do you be an investor in a world where this new car company that has sold 100 some vehicles is worth more than general motors that sells 7 8 12, 12 million a year yeah, I don't know. It's it's a combination of the actual promise of a company, times speculation, thinking how many people are going to want to jump on this stock regardless of its real value. It's, yeah, it's just a tough game. It just scares me, though, when the government's getting this involved in the market, man. It just did. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's Solyndra times 50,000. Right. I mean, at least. I, I made that number up. It might be 50 million. I don't know. The closing arguments in the Rittenhouse trial are scheduled for Monday, they are now saying. The defense rested, um, but the prosecution uh, was at it yesterday. They, they don't have a lot of cards to play. I don't think they went into this case with a, with a, good, uh, a good hand, right? I'm not sure they had any cards whatsoever, but yeah, they were cross-examining the defense witnesses yesterday, as I understand it. This came up, of all things. Isn't it true when you would hang out at, with Dominic Black, you'd play Call of Duty and other first-person shooter video games? Sometimes. And those are games in which you use weapons like AR-15s to pretty much shoot anybody who comes at you, correct? It's a video game where two players are playing together. I don't really understand the meaning of your question. To be honest. Isn't one of the things people do in these video games try and kill everyone else with your guns? Mm. Mm. Revealing. Uh, and at some point he said, I don't know why we don't have this quote, let the record show the defendant has over 300 confirmed kills in Call of Duty. <laughs> wow. He's, he's stretching. <laughs> he's stretching. I guess, yeah, yeah, again, I, I've said this several times this week and it's true. Sometimes you have a bad case. I mean, your 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 guy is clearly guilty, or your guy is clearly innocent, or whatever. And but you still, I mean, you're getting paid to make your best effort. Well, and there's enormous political pressure on this guy to uh, to run it up the flagpole, and and he's got nothing. So his best, you know, effort like the was... old saying says, if you got the law on your side, pound on the law. If you have the evidence on your side, pound on the evidence. If you have neither on your side, pound on the table. So that's he's, what he's doing. He's hoping he's got some jurors there that don't know much about video games or are scared of violent video games and hear 300 confirmed kills in Call of Duty and think, oh my gosh, what a violent predator this uh, Rittenhouse must be. Um, anyway, so most legal experts that I think are being fair are saying Rittenhouse is almost certainly going to walk out of that courtroom. But uh, one guy, I don't know Bill Ackman. Do you know Bill Ackman? He's a blue mm. check mark. I just have been Googling around on him a little bit. He's a blue check mark. He's a financial investor in New York, but he weighs in on things, and for whatever reason, he gets oh, a lot good. of attention, <laughs> and he's a super lefty. And he, so he's, he weighs in all these things all, all the time. And he tweeted out this thread yesterday as a lefty. 
Last night, Nary and I, I assume that's his wife, Nary and I watched several hours of the Kyle Rittenhouse direct testimony and cross-examination. We came away believing that Kyle is telling the truth and that he acted in self-defense. We found him to be a civic-minded patriot with a history of helping his community as an EMT and fireman in training in his removing of hate graffiti earlier that day from a local school and ultimately in volunteering to protect businesses during the night of August 25th in Kenosha. Our first-hand impressions of Kyle were materially different from those we had previously formed based on media reports and opinion pieces that we had consumed. Right, and and well done so far, Mr. Ackman, whoever you are. I have always been frustrated to read an inaccurate press report about a subject I know well. We've talked about this many, many times. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, and I've watched quite a bit of the testimony in the trial, and then I'll read media accounts of it, and it is unrecognizable. But this applies to anything. I've always been frustrated to read an, an inaccurate press report about a subject I know well, yet somehow I continue to believe other articles in the same newspaper about subjects I know less well. That's funny. How many times have we said that through the years? Many times. Anytime there's an article about the radio business, it's so bad I mean, you would, you, you, you would, like the old Mark Twain saying, you'd have been better off if you hadn't read it. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. Then I flip the page and read about some other industry I don't know about and act like that's probably <laughs> news of some sort that I sure, should take. Sure, it's dependable, in. yes. Yes, believe it, every word. And did this guy is saying the same thing. Um, uh, media and political bias are dividing our country and destroying lives. While we have not heard the entire trial, based on our assessment of Kyle on the stand, we believe that he will be found innocent by the jury. Oftentimes, communities react negatively and even violently after a jury verdict, where they are surprised by the outcome based on what they have previously read in the newspaper, seen on TV, or more likely been served on social media. I encourage you to watch the trial, or at minimum his testimony and cross-examination, before you form a view of his guilt or innocence. With respect to my own political bias, I am not a gun owner nor a member of the NRA. On balance, I support stronger gun regulations and removing loopholes in the sale of guns. Unfortunately, it seems that society's view of Kyle's innocence depends more on one's view about gun control rather than what actually took place in August. I'm getting to a part that is really interesting to everyone. Kyle Rittenhouse's life is at risk. Justice demands a fair trial. Society would benefit greatly if politics did not enter the courtroom and convict innocent people. I just got a call from the media asking if my Twitter account had been hacked. That is, the <laughs> reporter couldn't conceive of the idea that I could believe that Kyle is innocent because I'm not a right winger. Crazy. Wow. So this well-known social media online, as they say, online guy, um, who's a lefty all the time, watches some of the trial, says, wow, that's completely different than everything I've heard from my social media take on it. Um, I think the guy's innocent. He gets a call asking if his account's been hacked. Thanks, Twitter. Because it's just so crazy that anybody would not go with their tribe. That's where right. we are now. Moo, moo. And Get he's back in the herd. And he's properly worried that there's going to be mayhem. You know, Rittenhouse's life is going to be in danger. All the jury is good. Their their lives are going to be in danger when they acquit this guy. Yeah, well, there are those who've already caused, called indirectly for violence against the jury if they don't, quote-unquote, do the right thing. Again, but people are basing their perceptions on, you know, what they read in their highly biased media and or social media. It's, it's no way to run a society. If you're following this at all, if you're into this story at all, we should probably play this because uh, we made a big deal of it earlier in the week. Rittenhouse shot three people. Two of them are dead. They're, they have not testified. The guy that did testify, he is alive. He got shot in the arm, and he testified earlier in the week that he did not 
that Rittenhouse did not fire until he had pointed his gun at Rittenhouse. Correct. Well, he was on Good Morning America yesterday, clip 29 there, Michael, and had a different story. And and speaking of protection, you said that you carried a gun for protection that night and that you pointed it at Kyle Rittenhouse. Why did you point your gun at him? I'm all for the Second Amendment, American citizens' right to bear arms. Um, And I think that during cross-examination, it's hard to say what you want to say. I do believe that in that photo, given the right narrative, um, one could suggest that, yes, I was pointing my weapon at the defendant. Um, but when you play it as a movie or look at different stills, my arm was being vaporized as uh, I was allegedly pointing my weapon at the defendant. Uh, it's completely inconsistent uh, with the physiology of my wound that he would have shot me while my weapon was pointed at his head. So here, here you're allowed to say whatever you feel like you, you need to say. So you're saying that you actually didn't, you weren't pointing your gun at him. Is that what you're saying? That's absolutely what I'm saying, yes. That's, wow. He said exactly the opposite under oath. Yeah. So a lot of your CNN, MSNBC ran with that clip yesterday saying, in light of new testimony, should mistrial, retrial, blah, blah, blah. Wait a second. Under oath, where he could face a very stiff penalty, um, he said, yeah, he pointed his, he, he didn't get shot until he pointed his gun at Rittenhouse. When he's on the simple, sim- I would point out simple and explicit questions from the prosecutor who he is a witness for. Oh, yeah. I forgot to even mention. Yeah, he was, was just unequivocal. He was the star witness. He was the guy that's going to nail Rittenhouse. The prosecution thought didn't work out mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. So the prosecutor is going out of his way to ask the questions in such a way to make it, you know, as bad as possible. Although I don't know why he asked the questions he did. It was almost like he was trying to throw the game. It was very strange. Well, maybe this lunkhead, I don't know, do they have conversations beforehand? <laughs> maybe this lunkhead had said course, yeah. uh, maybe this lunkhead had said to him different things, just like he did to Michael Strahan on Good Morning America and wasn't expecting right. that answer. By the way, it, I'm reminded of an email we got from a uh, an investigator, a police investigator, who pointed out that if you ask somebody a simple question and they respond with this avalanche of uh, complex sentences and, and long words and weird meandering reason, it's because they're lying. I mean, so were you pointing your gun at, uh, to, at Mr. Rittenhouse? Can we, why don't we play that again? Just listen to him not saying no. I actually, I was moving my arm, um, but no, I wasn't pointing it. No, he doesn't say that. And, and speaking of protection, you said that you carried a gun for protection that night and that you pointed it at Kyle Rittenhouse. Why did you point your gun at him? I'm all for the Second Amendment, American citizens' right to bear arms. Um, and I think that during cross-examination, it's, it's hard to say what you want to say. I do believe that in that photo, given the right narrative, um, one could suggest that, yes, I was pointing my weapon at the defendant. Um, but when you play it as a movie or look at different stills, my arm was being vaporized as uh, I was allegedly pointing my weapon at the defendant. Uh, it's completely inconsistent uh, with the physiology of my wound that he would have shot me 
while my weapon was pointed at his head. So here, here you're allowed to say whatever you feel like you, you need to say. So you're saying that you actually didn't, you weren't pointing your gun at him. Is that what you're saying? That's absolutely what I'm saying, yes. Okay, all right, you should have said that. By the way, a quick correction. Obviously, he was being cross-examined by the defense attorney um, when he said the things we're talking about. But I don't, that whole part, well, when you're being cross-examined, you can't really say what you want. I have no idea what that means. I've observed many trials. I don't know what he means. But if he didn't, um, uh, if he if he didn't, as he says on Good Morning America, point his weapon at uh, at Rittenhouse, his his the guy, the lawyer on his side, the prosecution should have been able to draw that out of him. Well, right, and redirect. You could get back up there and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, now wait a minute! You just said this. Were you pointing it at him?" But no, the prosecution decided not to do that. But again, I can go on. Good morning, America, and claim to be, uh, uh, you know, Buddha reincarnate or the true president of Liechtenstein or or the fastest man on earth. I mean, I can claim anything I want. So is this guy, is he the child molester? No, the child molester is dead. I believe this guy is the, uh, he's got a, a different record of beating people. Domestic abuse guy. Crimes or whatever, yeah. Allegedly. Or convicted. Uh, I think he's convicted. Okay. Uh, we can the, look that up. If you know anything, text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A 105-year-old runner, Julia Hurricane Hawkins, recently set a world record in the 100-meter dash for her age group. The new record is 8 meters. Totally, I'm totally fine with your reaction. Okay, he redeemed himself there a little. Uh, I don't know. What are you grumbling about? What is that, muttering? Disrespectful. This old gal is defying age. She's courageous. She's yeah. fit. I She's saw- a role model for all of us, and the, 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 the young mocker. Yeah. I saw, I saw a headline on that yesterday, and I thought, man, if, you, well, if you're alive at that age, it's quite amazing. And if you're up and about on your feet at that age, it's pretty cool. So competing in any sort of race, no matter how slow, is something. Although I will tell you this, Seth Meyers saying, I'm totally fine with that reaction, is dryly <laughs> hilarious. Well done, Seth. Yeah. By the way, the guy that got shot in the arm has no felony background, according to uh, many media reports, it says here in WisconsinRightNow.com. Uh, he has no felony background. He got uh, arrested for prowling or something like that, but he has no uh, uh, no prior felony background. So I'd go. heard that he had a some sort of arrest for illegally possessing a firearm. It could be. Doesn't huh. say that here. Maybe that okay. happened after well, the start. And, and, and uh, honestly, that has nothing to do with nope. the trial. No, it does yeah. not. It's, it's just what happened. You can be a bad person and still be a victim of a crime. Sure. Right. So I found this uh, interesting. This is a new trend for recruiting workers, uh, potential job candidates, a chance to get paid every day. Dozens of employers, and and you'll see that they have some similarities. Arby's, Wendy's, uh, Taco Bell, Big Lots, Dollar Tree, Kroger are now giving employees the option to withdraw money from their paychecks moments after finishing their shift by using smartphone apps like Branch or Daily Pay. 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so I pay a lot of uh, childcare people, and um, they seem to be pretty into the getting paid every single day on the Venmo. And it doesn't make any difference to me. It all, all adds up to the same thing. But I just mm-hmm. I think the younger generation maybe that's become a more. That's just kind of what you expect. You worked. Now I get paid today. Why wouldn't yeah. I? And and actually, the only reason we all didn't get paid on a daily basis back in the day is it just was too cumbersome from a uh, transferring money standpoint. Well, yeah, you were literally, literally writing checks. Yeah. And then, then that became direct deposit, which obviously that's kind of cumbersome to make that many direct deposits. But I don't, I don't know. know is it? It's a computer. I'll, I'll bet this is the future. I'll bet the future is for a lot of people you get paid every day. I believe the future lies in front of us. Uh, Daily Pay Chief Marketing Officer, who has absolutely no credibility for uh, neutrality, but she says usually people aren't taking out $100 to go to the bar that night. They're taking out, for example, $37.10 because they have a light bill they forgot to pay. Mm. Why is the company that owes you money for your work hanging on to your money for two weeks? It's a reasonable question. I don't know I'm that not they... against this. I'm, I'm just curious about it. Yeah, I'll bet that's the future. Now, there is a downside. Employees are charged $2.99, $2.99 to access their wages on the same nah. day they receive them. Company store. Uh, daily pay are charges $1.99 if a user wants to transfer wages a day af- after the money is earned. Another day older and deeper in debt. They always get you. That's how they get you. Armstrong and Getty. I know a lot of Americans are worried whether or not there's going to be enough stock on the shelves for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, whether they're going to be able to get what you need because there's a was a short supply last year because of COVID and a range of other things. Well, I just got off the phone with some local delicatessens and the manager of a Piggly Wiggly. I'm not sure there's plenty of figgy pudding and ribbon candy to suck on. I also got on the horn with the five and dime to make sure all the kids have wooden yo-yos, howdy doody puppets, and penny farthings and sarsaparilla. And every Christmas stocking will have a scoop full of boiled yams just like the old days so that's what this is all about getting back to normal <laughs> that's uh i just thought it was funny that jimmy kimmel is now doing kind of the jimmy fallon bit of having a you know the old man biden voice Come oh on. so kind of a grandpa simpson-esque uh, joe biden voice <laughs> oh that reminds me sarsaparilla have- you say that was funny. Do we have the infamous clip yeah, from yesterday? We do. do you, yeah. Look. Yeah. I just, you need to know what people are talking about if they reference it. Here's Joe Biden making a, a, a Veterans Day speech. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues, went on to become a great pitcher in the pros, into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Page. The great Negro yeah. at the time. Did he say yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, it's a very old man. Couldn't get his word order right. right. Couldn't spit out a sentence. That's not what he meant. Well, bad care. Some on the right, I believe, with perhaps tongue-in-cheek or accusing him of racism. Uh, not appropriate. The great Negro at the time. 
It's an odd thing to say. It is. It's an odd thing to come out of your mouth since you would think, as you were saying it, you would think, don't say that. (laughs) If you're not 80, you would. (laughs) Right, right. Well, say uh, speaking of uh, saying things that may or may not be true, I am praying, I am so intent on seeing this Build Back Venezuela bill go down in flames. Coming up a little later, if we have time, read some really interesting analysis. Was, uh, I think it was Jonah Goldberg. It was one of the folks at the dispatch talking about how the Republicans who voted for the so-called infrastructure plan which introduced, he pointed out, only $500 billion in additional spending um, that may have saved the filibuster, and it completely de-energized the Build Back Better thing. It was a strategic maneuver worth making. Uh, we'll, I'll submit that to you and see if, see if you hmm. agree a little bit later on. But I wanted to get to this. This is from uh, Fox Business. They're pointing out they've gone over now the uh, draft version of the gigantic, horrific Build Back Venezuelan bill, which will turn us into a, a, a socialist crumbling uh, you know, horror. That spending bill would absolutely violate Biden's pledge that tax hikes will only affect Americans earning $400,000 or more, according to an analysis released by the Nonpartisan Tax Policy Center. Now, some of these increases are not huge, but if they will undermine support in any way, that's great. Said the Tax Policy Center, quote, taking into account all major tax provisions, roughly 20 to 30 percent of middle income households would pay more in taxes than in 2022. Wow. Roughly 20 to 30. Now, the think tank determines the tax increases would be very small in many cases with low- and middle-income households that were subjected to a hike paying an additional $100 or so on average. $100? Meh. Households earning between $200,000 and 500000 a substantial number of them below the threshold of 400000 that our ancient president had introduced, they would pay an average of an approximately $230, $250 more per year if the plan is implemented. Again, not a lot. Um, even a small hike would contradict the oft-repeated claim that they would not pay a penny more in taxes. He said that a hundred times. And, of course, he's also made the claim that, best of all, the cost of these bills in terms of adding to the deficit is zero, 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 zero. Um, That's not true either. You got all that, you know, actual flat-out taxes, but how about the tax you pay of inflation if pumping all this money out the door causes inflation to continue. New survey finds 82% of small businesses are raising prices due to inflation as the holidays approach. 82% of small businesses raising their prices. So how much wow. is that due to the, the, the bills going out the door? Well, interestingly enough, and because it's just a little more complicated, and Americans routinely don't study civics in school, and I am now firmly in favor of teaching phys- civics in school, except that if it's caught by taught by communists and Antifa members in our public schools, I don't want it. But that in economics, because people don't really understand how economics works, they're barely aware of what uh, what causes inflation. Um, I, I wish that weren't so because the the tax differences, which could just absolutely undermine the support for this bill, those little taxes that I was talking about, because people understand taxes. 
Inflation could be many, many, many times. It could be hundreds of times more significant. But because people don't really understand that, it's a little more difficult to communicate to them uh, that to them and to get them fired up about it, which is unfortunate. Uh, inflation's a horrific tax on all of us, most notably, most notably the poor and our elderly. It's it's devastating to them. So you know, keep preaching the word. I'd say you know, in your real life, or, or call your congressman or whatever. Help people understand how devastating inflation is. Oh yeah, the elderly man. You've you've planned your whole life to have you know X amount of money. To be able to live on. You've done all the math. You're good to go. Inflation changes the entire equation on that. Not a all joke. Right. right. And God help us if the hyperinflation that some have pre- predicted actually comes true. I hope it isn't. I don't think it will. But is it one in a hundred that it happens? Is it one in ten that all of a sudden we have 30% inflation? Well, we'll have to see. You pass Build Back Venezuelan, and we're seriously going to be gambling with hyperinflation. Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal just told TMZ that he turned down the Michael Clark Duncan role in the Green Mile. Just saw the headline. Really? Really? One of the biggest movies of all time. Could have been Shaquille O'Neal playing that role. Hmm. Him of uh, Shazam? Right. Well, that was the natural segue from Shazam into that role. <laughs> huh. Well, I, I can really huh. established himself as a serious actor. Uh, Michael, the late Michael Clark Duncan, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, right. Brilliant in the role. Uh, the great Tom Hanks, also wonderful as always. But that's, you know. Oh, I got the list. Uh, Tom Hanks lists his three fa- favorite films he's ever made. I was going to get to that at some point, too. Oh, they're they're yeah, not I'd your like three favorite films. They're not? No. How do you know? Maybe well, they I, are. I doubt that they are. Well, I'll How tell dare you, you prejudge? I'll tell you right now. Tom Hanks says his favorite field three films are Castaway. That's absolutely the top top of top of the list. Really for you? I think. Yeah, I loved it. Hmm. A League of he Their was, Own. He was amazing. A League of Their Own. Uh, that was that was an entertaining as hell movie. But no, I wouldn't say it was. And one I got to admit, Cloud Atlas, which I don't really even know. No. No, I don't know that one either. Is that f- the newish one on Netflix or whatever? I don't, I don't know. So not uh, Toy Story? Well, that was just a voiceover. Role. True. I wouldn't count that. Um, a not Big, where he's uh, that, uh, you know. Uh, uh, no, okay, maybe not. Not Forest Freaking GD Gump? <laughs> That's the full title. <laughs> Come on now. Forest Freaking GD Gump. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But that was a good choice. I don't I don't know squat about Cloud Atlas. Can somebody Google that or something? Was that while it, we're it sounds like a website that uh, you know you use to look up. I don't know. While we're doing marginally interesting celebrity news, yes, <laughs> I would say that's a pretty, pretty accurate description. <laughs> a show I'm going to check out uh, over the weekend if I get the chance. I don't know where it is, where you find it. Anyway, uh, it features. Will Ferrell and the world's sexiest man, Paul Rudd, which is a pretty good combo. The Shrink Next Door. I just read about it yesterday, and it sounds pretty good. Uh, the world's sexiest man, Paul Rudd, which everybody's still trying to get over, plays a manipulative psychotherapist, and uh, and Will Ferrell is his patient-slash-victim who's got depression problems. But it, it, it sounds pretty damned clever. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that I might read be my new favorite too. show. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, Cloud Atlas is a sprawling epic made by the Wachowski brothers or sisters, the Matrix people. Oh, okay. That's what I'm told. Of course, I'm told a lot of stuff. I've never seen The Matrix. I feel like that's a hole in my uh, in my pop culture references. The fact that I've not seen The Matrix. Uh, yes, it is. It's a giant. It's a gaping hole. It's mm-hmm. an embarrassment. It's a humiliation. <laughs> See it. See it today. Today. See it now. Go with ahead the, with the leave, the leave work. <laughs> exactly. So the New York Times asking the question: Who has the most historical responsibility for climate change? Mm. Should the big industrialized nations compensate poorer nations for the damages caused by rising temperatures? They obviously are missing an enormous point. Okay, I want to hear that. And uh, I've been meaning to mention, uh, this week, climate change became white supremacy. I didn't realize that pivot had happened, but climate change has become a white supremacy thing. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the new thing. And also, there's a poll out just today... On how people's attitudes on climate change hasn't really changed over the years. So, you know, I'm picturing, stuff. I'm, I'm picturing a Klan meeting. And they're sitting there saying, all right, the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan, white supremacists, come to order, please. Uh, old business. Blah, 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 blah. All right, new business. Uh, yes, sir, climate change. Uh, excuse me? Pardon I, me? I think it'd be climate gr- change is I, white supremacy. I think it'd be awesome if uh, we got the w- world as hot as possible. And then somebody else says, uh, showing up on time and getting the right in, uh, answer in math is also white supremacy. And the Klan guys are like, what? What are you talking about? What, what, that, what that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, excuse me, uh, open defiance in school, getting suspended for that, that's white supremacy. And they're thinking, it used to be so simple, being a white supremacist. I hadn't realized we we're in charge of virtually everything in Western civilization. So the Joe, the thing Joe mentioned, the things I mentioned all around climate change as the conference is wrapping up this weekend, all on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. More articles about how Thanksgiving air travel is going to be back to normal, if not even more than pre-pandemic levels. So talk about that next hour, maybe. That'll be nightmarish. Eh, If you're traveling, it is. If you're not, you don't really care. Right. So uh, the climate conference in Glasgow is uh, wrapping up, having uh, cured the problem, fixed the problem, and rallied all the citizens of the world to their side. Even even fans of that, people who want to, to care about climate change a lot, are saying little was accomplished. And while I realize that websites like the New York Times just need people to click and read so they can sell ads, they have a particularly fruitcakey article this morning. Who has the most historical responsibility for climate change? They want to go back 170 years and charge the U.S., Canada, Japan, and much of Western Europe um, ginormous amounts of money and hand that out to the undeveloped countries of the world or less developed over the last 170 years because the developed economies have uh, caused climate change or uh, pumped CO2 into the air. I don't see anywhere in this article where they talk about curing malaria, providing clean water, the market economy is lifting billions of people out of poverty, and that sort of thing. Yeah. What what is it with people? I don't, maybe they have a blind spot to this. You want to right the wrongs of 170 years ago on a single topic. 
on a single area of inquiry and think you can like come to a consensus on that. You got to be nuts. And I got to believe if you live in one of those s-hole countries, as Donald Trump called them, uh, yeah, sensitive. you want uh, you want better doctors to make it so you don't die if you get uh, tetanus. Or uh, your buildings don't fall down next earthquake long before you get around to anything about climate change. So you got like, I'm looking at these two big charts. So you got a Spanish citizens saying, I'm compensating the, uh, the, uh, the Romanian people for what now? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yet you have, you know, hotel ballrooms full of people in Glasgow debating this stuff and what the proper payments ought to be. Just nutty. Um, I've been amazed at I've been amazed at how often I've heard uh, the white supremacy come up during the whole climate change thing. NPR had a long feature on it today, particularly around Californians on how it's people of color who are suffering most from climate change, and so it is a it's a, a white supremacy thing that wants to continue the climate problems that we have. So if you're not for and this is man, this is classic anti-racist stuff. You, there's no such thing as you're not a racist. You're either Actively fighting against racism, or you're a racist. So, and 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 they determine what is the right things to fight on. So, if you're not in favor of reversing climate change, you are by definition a racist. That's ah. classic anti-racist stuff. Wow, that's because uh, that's handy for them. Completely disingenuous, dishonest, and ugly, but handy because it disproportionately affects people of color worldwide. I'm not exactly sure how that is or why that is. Well. People of color are disproportionately disproportionate worldwide. I mean, that's what there's the most of. Um, as if far you as... include Asians, which you only do when it helps prove your point. If if it doesn't, you exclude them. Right. I, in fact, I got a good example of that later. But uh, Washington Post with a poll on our attitudes around climate change, and they haven't moved much overall. The overall number has stayed about the same, but within the parties, it has moved quite a bit. It's kind of interesting that you end up with the net result being the same. of Democrats believe climate change is a serious issue. It was 81% in 2015. So it's gone from 81% to 95%. That's a pretty big jump of 14 points in a half dozen years. It's huge. Whereas Republicans, the numbers have actually declined. Uh, Now it's 39% say global warming is a serious issue compared to 43% in 2015. So it's dropped four points. So the How over, dare you? The overall number, when you lump in uh, independence, it hasn't moved a whole lot in the last six years, which is really surprising given the fact that your kids and, uh, and, and the mainstream media, your kids are learning it in school, and the mainstream media is hammering you over the head with climate stuff every day. So I'm not going to be writing a check to Bhutan, or I am? How would you answer the question of climate change is a serious issue, yes or no? I don't even know I'm, how I would answer that. Serious I, issue. I would say yes. Yeah. I don't know if I'd call it a serious issue. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't need, I don't require everybody to agree with me. I'm just thinking of ranking serious issues, and I don't know if you, it depends on how long your list of serious issues is, but I got a whole bunch of them that I'd put ahead of it in terms of things that I'm worried about for uh, the future of me and my country, my family and my country. Well, I believe it's so serious. I have put my skis on eBay and am going to buy a surfboard. But that's mostly tribalism, right? Don't you think? The fact that the number has gone down among Republicans and up so far among Democrats. It's just been it's been signaled so clearly. If you want to be in our tribe, this is what you think about this. 
Right. Yeah, I would agree that it's mostly that. I think there's also an increasing awareness that a lot of the uh, the harem scarum stuff we've heard in years past was was inaccurate. But I think it's mostly tribalism. Yeah. Sell your parka, buy some gym shorts. If you are a Beatles fan, you might want to tune into 60 Minutes this Sunday night. They're going to have Peter Jackson on there talking about his new Beatles documentary movie thing that is out. Yeah, it's supposed to be wonderful. i got to admit, I've heard enough talking about it. Just show me the freaking thing. Have you watched any of the previews? I'm, like, not even that into the Beatles, and I could live the rest of my life, I thought, without ever hearing another word about them. And I mm-hmm. thought it was freaking fascinating. Yeah. The, yeah. Some of the, 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 the early stuff that I've seen out of this documentary. I guess it is because I'm a bit of a, a Beatles freak and a music freak in general that I've I've taken in a lot of the previews and trailers and stuff like that. And it's like, all right, what are we waiting for? You've got the thing. Show it to me. Well, he's one of the great directors and documentary makers in the history of motion pictures. And he's got all this unseen footage of the Beatles working on an album. And, uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool if you're into music. How much Ringo? That's <laughs> Or can I buy, I know it's like three hours long, can I get a version with no Ringo and say it's only two and a half hours long? Well, not no Ringo. You gotta have, it's like salt in a cake recipe. You need a pinch, a pinch of Ringo. Well, that's plenty. <laughs> if you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, you can pick it up on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. That's where you also buy all your cool Armstrong and Getty, let's go Brandon stuff. Armstrong and LGB, Getty. LGB, LGB. Armstrong and Getty.